You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And welcome back to Money Talk. I'm Andrew Work, and uh, now it's time for the second part of a discussion on financial planning for the future at different stages of life. In your money today, Carolyn Wright tackles the sandwich generation. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. I'm joined again by Stephanie Yuan, who is Managing Director and Head of Hong Kong and Dowis, a digital wealth management platform, to continue our discussion on how to tailor your financial plans to the stage of life you're at. And this time, we're going to look at the sandwich generation. Thank you for joining me again, Stephanie. Thank you. Let's kick off with a question on who the sandwich generation are and what sort of financial responsibilities they might have compared to the Gen Zs and millennials we talked about last time. It's a very interesting term, isn't it? Basically, the sandwich generation, it's called the sandwich generation between their, because they're sitting in the middle. So at one spectrum, they have to take care of the older generation. It can be parents and even grandparents. And then on the other spectrum, they also have to take care of the younger generation. So kids. And on top of that, they have to take care of themselves. So they're very much, unfortunately, stuck in the middle, have quite a bit of obligations. <laughs> they're the filling in that sandwich. So let's talk about the responsibilities and how you should plan for those. Should your family responsibilities be coming ahead of your own financial planning or, or not? That's a very interesting question. It's very close to heart because for my firm, we're basically a platform trying to help people to scientifically think about how do they manage their money and also teach them how to manage money based on their different investment goals. And I'm raising this because our clientele, typically it's in the sandwich generation. It's because when you're in the sandwich generation, you realize you actually have different obligations and these different obligations actually are different goals and these different goals are quite different in nature and it means you should have different investment plans to prepare for these different goals. For example, if you are helping out on your parents' older generation, probably means that you support them uh, of their daily cash flow. So that sort of part of investment, you should ensure that it's income generating so that you can support whatever medical expenses, living expenses of the older generation. On the other hand, if you're thinking uh, you have to support your younger kids, younger kids, obviously the big outlay is they go to college. Depending on how old your kids are, it can be 10 or 15 years away. So that sort of goal, it's a very different from the, the cash flow generating goal. Then maybe it's a different investment plan to plan for that. It's also why we see a lot of clients from this generation reaching out to us. It's important that you have to sit down and write down, have a list of, so what are your obligations? What is my plan to be able to get to that obligation? Because it's really difficult if you don't write it down, if you don't have a plan, then it gets very pressuring because every day you wake up, you don't have a good sense on, am I on track to be able to provide for all these different obligations? So it's kind of about stopping yourself getting overwhelmed. Let's talk about the kind of conversations that you might have to have with those people who you are taking some responsibility for. Is there anything you should be talking specifically with parents or even grandparents about? Should you be helping them talk about their financial situation and managing their expectations, for example? 
especially in Asian societies, we don't do that enough. But I think it's it's actually quite important to really try to have these open, transparent conversations with the people that you're supporting, because as we grow old, it's inevitable we will have. Different types of expenses, whether it's medical expenses or other types of expenses, and it's really important to have that honest conversation to understand what's the expectation from your parents, whether they really expect you to be able to support them, so that you don't have a surprise down the road again if you don't have that conversation. If something unfortunate happened and there is a Big sort of hole of、uh, investment hole, then it creates a lot of pressure. So I think it does make sense to generally establish at least an agreement. Sometimes I know these conversations are not easy talking to your parents, right? But at least have a general alignment, understand what's the expectation. Do they already have a pot of savings? Are they just expecting you to give them pocket money, or is their pot of saving only enough for daily savings? Any emergencies, they really need your help. I think at least. Have that kind of general alignment. It will really, really help with overall family finances planning. Let's look the other direction now. Let's look at your kids now. I, I feel there could be some kind of cultural differences here about opinions on the matter, and I want to look particularly when your kids get to that age where they may be earning their own money, but they can't necessarily afford to move out of home. We all know that rents and property prices are very, very high nowadays, and it can be very difficult for young people to make that leap. What should your expectations be from your children? Should you be asking them to? Contribute if they're still living at home. Should you maybe be teaching them a bit more about their own planning? So, a very interesting question. I personally went through this when I first started my career, and I'm sure a lot of us did in Hong Kong. And I think for those who are parents, you might not want to word it that, "Oh, I'm charging you rent." I think my parents really nicely worded it as like, "Oh, why don't you contribute back to the family, right?" And in hindsight, I really appreciated them doing that because I would have my first quote unquote family obligation every month. I need to make sure that I have the money to contribute back to my family, and I think that was my first taste of okay, I have to manage my personal expenses. I look at my personal income, how much I need to save up. To make sure that's the expense that I have to give back to family. How much it's my necessity spending? How much is discretionary? That's like, oh, I I want to go for a holiday, and it really kind of forces me to be able to start thinking about, oh, I need to think about how I manage my personal finances. So in a way, I know sometimes it's really not about the money. You you really don't need your kid's contribution, especially when when they just first start out to quote unquote. Support the family, but I think it's never a bad idea to just help them to jump into this mindset about hey, properly thinking about your personal finance, so that they start early and have that concept. I think it did help me through my own experience, and I think it's really not a bad idea. Let's get back to the sandwich generation themselves and their investment strategies. How can you adapt them to cope with all these additional responsibilities that we've been talking about? I think because you have so many obligations, and those obligations in nature can be quite different. I would really suggest adopting what we call goal-based investing. I think when we first started out, it's just our own individual money. You kind of not as scientific. You just have a pot of money, and it's like. 
everything is like a general wealth accumulation kind of pot. But I think, especially with the sandwich generation, you have these different types of obligations. It makes sense to understand what are your obligations, and then you create different investment plans for each of the goals. It can be called goal-based investing.、Um, it's it's also called asset liabilities management. I think this is like a very topical word that we've been hearing. Even big institutions like banks could sometimes not do it well. So I think it's really important, even on a personal level, to make sure you think about what are your liabilities and you make sure your assets can match. Because even for a big bank, if you don't do that right, it can go bankrupt. It's important to really think about what are your liabilities. Based on your obligations, what are the monthly cash flows, the yearly cash flows, and you build portfolios accordingly to match those goals. One last question for today. Let's talk about concentrating on yourself. How important is it to remember to look after your own health at this stage of life? I mean, this could involve all sorts of things of how long you're going to live when you're in retirement, how a healthy middle age might reduce medical costs, and also. Things like if you're considering insurance premiums, maybe. To me, I always think health and wealth are actually two most important things in life that contribute to the total wellness of your life. And I think Caroline, you rightly mentioned, right? There are so many benefits to making sure you're healthy because if you're unhealthy, then it'll create some burden down the road, whether it's a big medical bill. Or other unexpected expenses, so I do think they go hand in hand. You mentioned insurance. I think as a wealth advisor, we generally advise clients that insurance is a really good product for what it's supposed to do. It's insuring emergencies or health insurance, but generally we would advise clients to try to mix insurance with investing. That tends to be quite common in Asia in general, but when you mix investing with insurance. Insurance. Sometimes the cost of insurance products that offer you that can be a bit more expensive because it is not the original nature of insurance. So my general advice is, insurance is really good to help you with what it's supposed to do. Insure you against emergencies. You can think about medical insurance. We have all these critical illness insurance. I think these are good safety nets to complement what we talked about. Go base investing, and then on the other hand. And for general wealth accumulation, I would generally advise creating portfolios using the different asset classes we talked about before: equities, fixed income, to build your own portfolios to be able to build your wealth. And I think they really go hand in hand:、um, insurance and investing to be able to achieve what we talked about: health and wealth in life. Thank you so much, Stephanie Yuan, Managing Director and Head of Hong Kong Endowments, for talking about planning for the Sandwich Generation. Next time, we'll get on to those who are closer to retirement and in retirement itself. Thank you.